Major support for Carolina Business Review provided by Grant Thornton. Operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Colonial Life, providing benefits to employees to help them protect their family, their finances, and their futures. And Sonoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. One of the quandaries that has risen up during this NBA slash China controversy here in the U.S. has been, is it the manifestation of one country's sovereign rights against the free market democracy of another? And was it at some point inevitable somewhere on this globe? Welcome to Carolina Business Review. And thank you for supporting this program over the last three decades. Fred Whitfield, the president and vice chairman of the Charlotte Hornets, no doubt has also been caught up in a bit of this controversy the last few weeks. We will speak to him later on. Before we do that, Brian Etheridge from Leadership North Carolina and the Honorable Rock Hill Mayor John Geddes will also enjoy the dialogue. Please stay with us. Gratefully acknowledging support by Martin Marietta, a leading provider of natural resource-based building materials, providing the foundation upon which our communities improve and grow. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Visit us at SouthCarolinaBlues.com. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, health care, rural churches, and children's services. Bearings, a leading global asset management firm dedicated to meeting the evolving investment and capital needs of its clients. Learn more at bearings.com. On this edition of Carolina Business Review, Brian Etheridge of Leadership North Carolina, John Geddes, Mayor of Rock Hill, and special guest, Fred Whitfield, President and Vice Chairman of the Charlotte Hornets. Hello, welcome to our program. Uh, Mayor Brian, good to have you both here. Welcome. Good to be here. Great Thank to be you. back. Thank it, you. It, you know, I know, Mayor, you drove in from Rock Hill to Charlotte where we tape our show, and, and Brian, I've got to give you a shout out. You left Raleigh at, at some around 4 a.m. this morning to make our taping for a 7.30 taping. So. Uh, kudos, sirs, and more than that, and you've done that more than once, so thank you. Welcome to the program. Brian, um, you just finished a, and I'm going to call it a listening tour, but you you went across the state of North Carolina with Leslie Boney from uh, Emerging Issues at NC State, and the idea of this was to what? Get a sense of public dialogue? Absolutely. So we called it a, a Leadership North Carolina Road Tour. As you said, we partnered with Leslie Boney and the Institute for Emerging Issues. And it was all around civic conversations and helping leaders, both our alumni, of which there are about 1,200, but also leaders across North, North Carolina who are not our alumni, really get the tools of how to engage in civic conversations uh, with a real methodology around listening first mm -hmm. and understanding where another person's coming from and realizing we've got a lot more that we can agree upon than what divides us and giving the tools of how we can get past certainly those things that divide us without necessarily, we're not asking anybody to give up their principles or check their values at the door. It's more of how we facilitate conversations to get to a place where we realize we've got things we can collaborate on. How, how do you go from, and I'm gonna call that a classroom setting or a sympathetic setting, how do you take that to a real life debate when it comes to in the halls of the General Assembly or the State House and when 
you know, temperature is high and people are speaking at the top of their lungs. How do you really truly apply that in every day? That's a great question. And one of the tools we found that's very effective and it's gonna sound maybe overly simplistic, it always helps to do this over a meal. And then the second step is um, having folks understand and literally, literally coming to some ground rules of, I'm not gonna attack you, I'm simply gonna listen first before I respond. Um, and we literally walk folks through, and Leslie and his team did a phenomenal job of helping really give our folks the nuts and bolts tools of how to facilitate a conversation like this so that they could go back and share it with their Rotary Club, their Kiwanis Club, their civic group, their church group, even within their neighborhoods, and how to frame some of these conversations to address big, you know, hairy topics mm -hmm. like maybe it's gun control or, you know, freedom of speech or issues around, you know, drugs and alcohol or other things that really tend to be hot button issues for a lot of us. M Mayor, how does this wash over you when you are really, you're, you are on the cutting edge. You have to facilitate debate. You represent a city. You represent yes. all of the souls in that city. When you hear Brian talking about uh, public discourse and respectability, how does that, how does that, show up in your debate? Well, I agree with Brian 100%. You know, the, the thing that we do in our community, we try to do in our community, is just listen to each other. You know, you can usually find when you're having a conversation, even if not too civil, uh, that if you just listen to each other and try to find where you do agree and build from there, you do pretty well. In Rock Hill, we do a good job, I think, of just continuing to build relationships, continuing to talk things out. I spend a lot of my time talking to county council members, uh, bank officers, and others throughout the community. And when we have something big happen, everybody knows who each other is, and we just we just agree to leave other things at the door and talk about the business of the people. What What's a trick for you, though, when you are sitting across the table, what, Brian, whether it's at a meal or somewhere else, and you are, you know, this person is vehemently disagreeing with mm -hmm. you. You may not like this person. How do you get to that point where it is a respectful dialogue? I think it's as simple as trying to find that one thing in a conversation you can agree on first. You know, how do you engage that person, even if it's, even if it's about a, a ball game or a score or something where you can find that one thing to sort of base your conversation on then build from there. But really, it all depends upon what you've given into the system for some time. You know, you can't be a good leader, I don't think, in a community unless you've got experience and people know who you are and people trust that you'll give them the freedom to speak their mind and, you, and you'll be direct with them, even if you can't agree on the topic at hand, but value each other's ability to communicate in those kind of situations. Really gives that experience and that, that knowledge of knowing that everybody gets a fair shake. You have to have that as the underpinning. Uh, Brian, here we are in the fall, um, almost winter, it's hard to believe, but um, certainly the fall of 2019 and the idea that the General Assembly in North Carolina is still battling what the budget is gonna be and is, it, is, is there enough for education or is there enough for transportation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to a specific issue, how, how would you expect the dialogue this fall leading up into a presidential election that clearly is going to be uh, contested one way or another. How do, what does it look like this fall for you when you look across the General Assembly in North Carolina and say, you know, we're out here talking about these things on how to get along better, but yet the General Assembly still is banging their way through this. Is that just the way politics is, is it bare knuckles? I think, I, think, sport? I think part of it is that, and I think part of that too is the fact that um, you're always going to have some level of conflict, and what we're not we're not proposing that you you know don't have debate and it's not thorough and and um, you know really passionate. 
but we're also looking to elevate the level of discourse so I'm not actually vilifying you. I'm not looking at you as coming at it with ill intent. Are you having success doing it? We are, and, and our folks, within literally five minutes of engaging in these nine tours, uh, these nine city stops across North Carolina in, in five days' time, within five minutes, every single time, the leaders in the room who came from various points of view um, all dove in and were mm -hmm. fully immersed, and we were really pleased with that. Uh, Mayor Guest, we have uh, less than two minutes before we bring the guest on. I want to ask you specifically, Rock Hill is in one of those areas. It's very unique. It's next to a super urban and super rural. You kind of, you're a bridge community in that way. What is the, what is the single biggest challenge for the rural-urban divide as you see it? You know, for us in Rock Hill, being just south of Charlotte and just north of, of a lot of uh, a rural property, we have to make sure that we maintain who, what our identity is, who we are as a community, because we're not necessarily um, on the tip of the tongue for our lawmakers in Columbia. They see us in the Charlotte uh, market as, uh, and the like, and of course Charlotte sees us as South Carolina. So we're sort of in, the betwe in between, and we call ourselves now the central upstate uh, yeah. to try to give ourselves an identity to some degree. And it's different, but I think the real identification issue we have is just more of what we were 30 years ago, a textile community, to what we are now, a community that is a knowledge-based economy, a community where we have entrepreneurs coming along and doing great things, where we have the Carolina Panthers recognizing that we have something special in Rock Hill, knew all about Rock Hill and what we could bring to the table, relocating their corporate headquarters, seeing what we're doing in our downtown area with our tax increment districts and bringing new growth thanks to these opportunity zones that the federal government has given us. We're seeing a real transformation in our community so that that urban-rural divide will always be there. I mean, we love the rural parts of our community. They're in the county, not the corporate city, but there's much, mm -hmm. you know, all of our kids go to the same school together. We all grew up together. I grew up in the outskirts of town, not in the city limits. So it's, it's interchangeable to so a lot you, of So you don't, and sorry to interrupt you, Your Honor, you don't, you don't look at it as a problem. You, you look at oh, yeah. it as a distinctive uh, uh, leverage. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the quality of life we have in Rock Hill, I think, far surpasses what many communities have in this area just because of the knowledge economy we have and the ability to bring farm to table from our neighbors. Yep. Thank you. Gentlemen, uh, stay with us. Coming up on this program, uh, talking about uh, development, John McConnell, McConnell Golf, has uh, been on this program before, but now he's up to about 13 courses across the Carolinas, actually from the Grand Strand all the way over to Tennessee. Uh, John McConnell will be here talking about the development of the McCon McConnell Trail. Also, Larry Appel, the chief executive officer of Freshmark, will also be joining our dialogue very soon here. There is no doubt that basketball and football on all levels reign supreme yeah. during the fall and winter months. And I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily majors, but all the way down to the minors. And Major League teams mean Major League money, Major League influence, and certainly a lot of attention. Our next guest not just played the game, but rose in the ranks of basketball, also earned a law degree, worked at the highest levels in Nike around the Jordan brand, and later in North Carolina, he was a key facilitator in finding a way forward in a very non-sport controversy better known as the bathroom bill or hb2 joining us now is the president vice chairman and minority owner of the nba franchise the charlotte hornets fred whitfield mr president welcome to the program it's great to be here thank you uh, so fred no doubt that uh, there has been a row between the nba and now china because of a tweet that uh, houston rockets gm had put out there 
Is this not to speak outside of what the, the, the team of NBA league owners are doing? Is this about the social boundaries that we have known in the U.S. and how it reflects on a global community, or is there something else going on here? You know, I, I think, um, you know, our game has become a global game, uh, the NBA. Um, it's, it's so interesting that uh, we had a game yesterday uh, that actually happened and happened to be played in China. And we've got games coming up in India, and uh, our team's going to Paris to play a regular season game. Um, but you know, what our commissioner I think is doing is, is really trying to uh, speak on behalf of our league, uh, try and navigate uh, his way and our way through some some tough waters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm confident in him and his leadership, and and uh, really working to to find a way to to find a balance. Uh, Our team went over and played in China in the global games uh, two years ago. Uh, We took uh, one of our local leaders from our Chamber of Commerce here in Charlotte with us as a part of our travel party to really find a way to to really recruit uh, some Chinese companies to come back to Charlotte and do business while we were over there playing basketball. And there's no doubt that um, the Chinese community enjoys basketball, not just at, at the professional level, but even at the grassroots level. And, and, you know, we found a way to get out in the community and hold camps and clinics and NBA care days in the, uh, in the Chinese communities around Shanghai and Shenzhen. And now I think it's about really us all communicating and really finding a way to have dialogue bring us closer together. We've always felt like uh, sport and especially basketball brings people together Mm -hmm. around the world that may have different uh, ideological beliefs. And this is one I think that um, will hopefully, uh, we'll be able to use basketball to to bring us closer together and and have real conversations and dialogue about um, things that we share in common and Mm -hmm. things that we that we differ on. You know, given January 2020, the plan is the Hornets want to play the Bucks in France. Right. And yet another foray to the global community. Is this is this a much is much about the NBA and American players in the sport of basketball learning that if we're if we're going to be playing in a global community, that it's as much about the NBA and America changing and embracing other communities as much as exporting this this game that's clearly American. Well, I think it's even bigger than that. You know, when, when you look at our league and the makeup of our league, uh, to, to, to think about a fourth of our players being um, players that were born uh, in other countries. Uh, so when you think about 25% of our league being foreign players and them having to leave their home countries and move to America and learn the American lifestyle, that's, uh, you know, part of who we've become. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we've taken our game globally and started, you know, a league over in Africa. We have 12 teams that'll be playing in a professional league that that the NBA has started there. Um, there was some discussion just last week about potentially doing the same over in India. Uh, we have uh, an owner in our league from Indian descent uh, in Sacramento, and he really wants basketball to grow in his country. Uh, one of the other things that we've been able to do as a league is find a way to have our game also become an, uh, an economic stimulator and, and really an economic development opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we go over to Paris in January, uh, we just announced a couple weeks ago, we're going to do a large economic development event with our Charlotte Regional Business Alliance and invite a couple hundred companies uh, from all across Europe to come in and hear what a great 
community and region mayor, Rock okay. Hill and, and our entire region to do business in and to you know mm -hmm. live, work and thrive. And so um, we think our game can not only be a fun sport to watch, but it can be you know, a huge way to help us grow our economy. It can help with the quality of life uh, of, of companies that are looking to move to, to the Carolinas to, to, to be able to say, hey, you know, there's professional sports. They're the Panthers, they're Hurricanes, they're the, the, the Hornets, you know, they're the Knights, you know. Mm -hmm. We've got all these other things to do in addition to the great arts that we have to offer. Unbelievable airport. And so as, as we start to get these opportunities to take our team global, one of the first things we think about is how can we use those opportunities to help improve our community, our region, and our state, mm -hmm. and help us be on the global stage and be able to really show off what a great uh, state we live in and what a great Charlotte region we live in and how other companies should think about moving their headquarters here and doing business here. Right. Fred, one of the things that, that uh, I think so many folks appreciate and, and love about the Charlotte Hornets is obviously the local, the local roots, the regional roots, you know, your background growing up in Greensboro. Tell me a little bit about the things that um, maybe are concerning to, to the Hornets, I think naturally around, you know, the work underway with Charlotte uh, leading on opportunity, um, you know, social mobility and some of those things. Tell me about you know the the efforts and the the Charlotte Hornets organization is undertaking around some of those those issues in the region where y'all can help move the needle and and you know really help us in, in growing opportunity and growing the business climate as well. You know one of the things that we've been focused on, Brian. You know from the day Michael became majority owner was how can we take our organization and give back to our region and our community. And we've established four pillars that we dive deep in out in, out in the community, hunger, uh, health and wellness, um, education, and, and the military. And we found great initiatives to partner with a lot of our corporate partners to, to really dive deep, use our brand to help amplify and put on more of a, a, a regional stage these, these things that you know, people in need really need help with. In addition, being involved in, in things like economic mobility, which uh, we all discuss uh, as a part of our Charlotte Executive Leadership Council or, and our Charlotte Regional Business Alliance, our entire community is focused on that and the efforts of our mayor and our city council to be able to address those things. And we just want to do our part in any way we can be involved as an organization and have our community relations efforts be out there and lend a hand we want to be a part of that, and so uh, it's, it's not about just being in the office and in the arena. It's, a, it's really about how can we take our organization under Michael's leadership, and we've got a big event scheduled next week with our partner at Lowe's to, to dedicate another refurbished basketball court in an underserved neighborhood. Those are things that might seem minor, but when you think about kids having healthy places to go, mm -hmm. have fun, and it be in an environment that's safe, those are the things that we're trying to reach out in the community and do under Michael's leadership and ownership. Mayor. Fred, in our, in our community, we have a group that has uh, constituted itself since I've been mayor called BELL. It stands for the Black Economic Leadership League. These are professionals in our community that have decided we've got to make sure that more of our young people are not are earning a living wage, number one. So we're going back getting certifications at York Technical College so that folks make enough money to live and to prosper. This group has also started a program 
called the Bell X Prize, where a local contractor, developer, J.M. Cope Construction, has put up $100,000. We've given out a cattle call, if you will, to bring people in and let them make their entrepreneurial pitches to see if their small business they want to get off the ground can really take off and run. Do you see something like that with your background in entrepreneurship and all being something that could resonate more in our community than it does today? I, th I think so. You know, I, I think it all really starts with education, yes, though. Sir. And and I think um, what particularly uh, young minority kids uh, in underserved, underserved neighborhoods need to see are role models. Yes. Uh, they, they really need to, you know, at times see people that look like them, mm -hmm. uh, that have uh, done the right things to be able to create uh, successful careers for themselves. And I think all of us have a, not just a duty, but an obligation to give back and reach out into the underserved neighborhoods and try and provide as much mentorship as we can for young people that may not be as fortunate as some of us having grown up. You know, I was one of the lucky ones. Uh, grew up in Greensboro with, with two parents in the home. Both of my parents had master's degrees mm -hmm. and, you know, they really drilled in my head every day and my brother's head how important education was and how that's a difference maker. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of kids that aren't dealt a hand like that. And so I think those of us that have been fortunate and blessed to be able to have unbelievable opportunities in life really have an obligation to reach back, try and do things in, in, in the underserved neighborhoods especially, try to help kids realize that they can dream big and, and really realize those dreams. So, you know, I really admire what, uh, what the people in your community have done sure. and, uh, you know, I think a lot of us in Charlotte are trying to do the same thing, some through our, our organizations that we work for on a day-to-day -day basis, and some uh, we do on a personal basis, just to try and make sure that these kids have an opportunity to better their lives. And it's not all about having to get a college degree anymore. That's right. There's some great trades. I know CTCC has some great programs uh, that provide opportunities for young people to, to be able to gain a skill Yes, sir. that they can go out and still have a great time at what they do every day and earn a great living for themselves and their families. Do you feel a sense of urgency in the community to do that or is this sort of one of those things that sound good on paper, not from the Hornets perspective, but in general, that it just sounds good on paper and there's really not as much follow through as we could be doing right now? No, there's absolutely an urgency, good. which is why all of us are focused on economic mobility and, and, and really trying to close the gap in, from an economic standpoint in our community. And it's gonna take an effort by all of us to yeah. just continue working together, uh, continue having very deep conversations about how we as a community can get better and uplift everybody in the community and help them have a great quality of life. Fred, we've got about two minutes left and I don't wanna, I don't wanna not get to this point. Uh, you have been named the 2019 Citizen of the Year. Citizen of the Carolinas, that's no small thing by the Regional Business Alliance. Billy Graham, Michael Jordan, others. I think Dean Smith was even part of that. Um, what is it like, what does it mean now to be a good citizen to you? You know, first of all, it's, it's humbling to even be considered for an award of, of that magnitude and, and to be able to follow Nikki Haley, who was a recipient, recipient last year. Um, but, but I think it just means that you care about people and you care about your community and you want to do uh, what you can to make uh, where you live a better place and, and hopefully uh, leave a legacy that has touched people's lives in a way that, that bettered who they are and, and the opportunities they've had. 
all the other recipients on, on the list have without a doubt done that and left their marks in life. Uh, and again, for me to even be considered as worthy to, to be uh, added to that list is something that I never could have dreamt of. And, you know, I'm just thrilled that I've had a lot of people support me uh, and really get behind me and push me to, to, to do the things I've been able to do. And without having a great team of people to work with every day, especially at the Hornets organization, I don't, I don't have the opportunity to get out of the office and uh, serve our community and give back and serve on mm -hmm. uh, boards that help our community become a better community to, to live in. And so I'm, I'm grateful for, for just having a phenomenal owner who trusts me and uh, has allowed me to uh, run and manage his biggest investment ever and then have a great team of people to work with every day that allows us to take our Hornets brand out in the community, not just have fun with our 43 home basketball games and the concerts and family shows we bring to Spectrum Center, but also have the opportunity to give back to our community and try to make it, be a, make it a better place. And, and in 30 seconds, have you seen the response from the young people that you have reached down through over 30 years now through foundations and others, and literally we're running out of time. Do they respond back to you when you reach a handout? They do. Uh, just having the, the over 12,000 kids that I've had come through my Achievements Unlimited Basketball School in Greensboro and Charlotte, and uh, the efforts that we've been able to support through our Hoop Tea Charities, which is my personal foundation, uh, we've seen a lot of those yeah. kids go on to college, go on and chase their dreams, become doctors, lawyers, teachers, military personnel and and have a better life and that's really been our goal for thank the you. last 35 years. Fred, thank you. I, I hate we're out of time, but thank you for your leadership. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see you. Good Mayor, good to see you. Brian, thanks thank for you. being thank here. You. Until next week, I'm Chris William. Good night. Major funding for Carolina Business Review provided by Martin Marietta, Colonial Life, The Duke Endowment, Bearings, Grant Thornton, Sonoco, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Promotional consideration provided by Business North Carolina Magazine. For more information, visit carolinabusinessreview.org.